Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hey podcast, first of all, big ups to everybody. The podcast is on fire. We had a record month in May, and I'm trying to make June fucking spectacular. Uh, so uh, this is a uh, this is a. Uh, 4D's event, uh, obviously a lot of you that follow me know that 4D stands for the uh, daily digital deep dive that we do at VaynerMedia. It's a $10,000 a day consulting session similar to Disney and Zappos uh, that we do for entrepreneurs and, and executives at organizations. It's been a huge success. Uh, I hope you enjoy this one. I thought it was extremely strong. Uh, and uh, while I've got your attention, sharing the podcast and reviewing the podcast literally means the world to me. In a world where many of you email me every day, what can I do for you, what can I do for you? Your word of mouth about this podcast, putting it in a Facebook group, sending it out on your email newsletter, posting it on social media, uh, really does mean a lot to me and so thank you for that and if you would consider it, it would mean the world to me and here is a, a, a little bit of a rant at uh, one of the recent 4Ds. Uh, Gary, this is uh, lucky number five. It's my favorite number. That's why if you see pictures on Instagram, I do this, it actually because five is my favorite number. Uh, I thought you were gonna say this is your favorite group but then I was gonna call you out and say that you say that about everybody, so. Uh, I have a Reddit AMA, uh, I'm obviously 30 minutes late, I have a Reddit AMA at 1.30 so I'm gonna try to get as much in as possible but I'll come back if we're unable to get it, the full thing that I'm looking for here. What has, stand, what, what has stood out so far? Uh, hear about your customers. <laughs> yes, I'm a fan. What were the presentations we've had so far? Strategy. 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 The culture of your company. Yeah. Yeah, Cla- company. Who'd you have, Claude? Who'd you have? Joe? How did that go? Cool, right? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, for anybody here who's on, who plans to build a very big business, there'll be no more important meeting than that one. The only thing that allows you to build a business of any true scale, scale meaning 50, 100 million dollars, like for real, it's all people. It's all people. So I'm glad you got to do that. Okay, why don't we do this? Why don't we go around and tell me what your name is and what you do and where you're from and then we'll start going around again in Q&A format. Glenn Krieger, um, from New York originally, grew up on Long Island, went to school at SUNY Binghamton, SUNY Buffalo. Uh, went out to Seattle 96, huh. was a dentist and it was like the perfect time. Yeah, it sure was. was. Like, I got exposure to all the great social media companies. I treated 20 year olds driving the Lamborghinis and then in 2001, they all started working at Bank of America. That's exactly right. That's why I say it. Because I, I know what it's going to be. Oh my God. Before it was Bank of America. Yeah. And so, um, was a GP for 20 years, had a successful business, did the business school route, did all that other fun stuff. Um, at age 44, my wife got a depression in Seattle. Said I can't do this anymore. Because of weather like this? Every day. Yeah, I can't fuck with it either. National Weather Service, 300 days a year like this. No, I, the, the data's black and white. 50% of my female patients of childbearing age were on some sort of mood, mood elevator. So she said she had to get out of there. I said, cool, if we're gonna start all over again, I love change, let's go back to school and become an orthodontist. So I traded it all in, wife and three kids, she supports me entirely. Went back to school, became an orthodontist with the plan of just being an orthodontist. Uh, I had a dream job in Florida when I came out of school, but the money wasn't as important as culture and I couldn't live there. And my wife and I said, let's go to Dallas. I had friends there. Opened up there, opened a couple of practices. Two years ago, it's been growing great. Uh, on January, Third, I saw some weird dude named Gary V on a Udemy course. <laughs> Paid by like 39 bucks or something. I did that too. Did you? 
And I, I, God's honest truth, I might be the only one in this room who five months ago had no idea who you were. Never heard of you, didn't know about you. Um, watched that Udemy, like, first, like, 18 chapters. I binge-watched it. Had, like, this much notes and said, that's it. I'm not just an orthodontist. I'm going to create this group for orthodontists where they can get the business background. They're coming out of school a half a million dollars in debt with nobody training them how to pay it back. I've got the business background. I've owned a business for 20 years. I've been in the trenches. I've had the consultants. I used to lecture. I know. So I started creating this little thing on January 4th. On January 5th, another social media group guy just said, I'm done. I said, hey, anybody want to follow me? Next morning, I had 650 orthodontists in my group. Four months later, I got one, I got about 14 or 15% of all United States orthodontists are in my group. I created an offshoot of it two months ago. My group is called Orthopreneurs. I did an offshoot called Orthopreneurs RD, which is a geographically exclusive group with NDAs, so everybody can drop their pants and share everything about their practices. I got 70 members of that, paying me a fair sum of money to create that environment where I bring, I do the, I bring in speakers from outside to orthodontics and do web conferences. And now I'm sort of torn because I got great orthodontic practice, and you happened by accident, dude. Sorry. So now I've got, oh. <laughs> I love this. This is my A, but this is my A+. Plus. I get it. And I'm sort of stuck in that place. Cool. So. Me too, so I'll explain later. No uh, hi, Alan from Belgium, Alain Indria. My mom had one of the first uh, organic and diet stores on Earth since 1972. Wow. And I've been uh, another time in, uh, in the States. Uh, I met Howard Schultz. He wanted to buy our patent on change the love, and um, yeah, we negotiated two years with uh, Starbucks. But I said, like, I never listened in school as you. I was very stubborn. I never, never listened at home. My mom is still the boss of the company. It's tough. And that's amazing. <laughs> and, and how old's uh, your mom? Uh, good. Thanks. How old? Uh, Seventy-four. Love it. And she's as stubborn as your dad. So I get it. Uh, my God, uh, I show her the video. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, got three kids and my wife. And in summertime, as an entrepreneur, you're never on holidays. Of course. So scrolling YouTube, and 5th of August, you say like, "Hey, old fuckers, if you're putting <laughs> if you're putting money on AdWords, stop now, do that." And um, and my, my my a good friend of me is doing my my AdWords at that time, Mark Washberg, and I call him at uh, 7.30, because I watched that at 6 or 5. He said, Alan, what's happening? I said, yeah, a guy named Gary, I don't know what, uh, found him on the net, and he says, stop now, and I said, uh, I stop now. Said, no, no, don't stop now, why, why should you do that? Of we built the whole yeah. thing, and I said, and what are you gonna do? I said, I don't know, I will, I will do what he did, what he says, uh, Facebook ask. He said, like, and uh, he said, no, no, that's a bad thing, Alan, you should do that. I said, no, I stop now, Mark, okay, because he was making <laughs> I said, stop it. And uh, now we tripled the whole turnover of the company, thanks to you. And I'm going to move to London. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad Huff, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. have a uh, home service business. We do heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical repairs in the residential setting. Yes. Uh, I've grown that tr through traditional marketing yep. and advertising. And sales have always grown um, pretty consistently over the years. And I've just kind of seen that dip down and got introduced to you a few years ago. And, Time to, I think, make the shift. I get it, brother. Stuff. Good. Makes a lot of sense. Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm a full-time university student, and I just graduated. I'm a global business management major with, uh, with an emphasis in marketing, and I started off with my dog's Instagram, and yes. I decided that I wanted to do social media marketing, and that's exactly like where the direction I'm going in. And I'm just here to learn and take in everything that I can. I'm here with my brother. Um, it's yeah. awesome. Where are you from? I'm from San Diego. San Diego. 
Sekor gamai. Iya, sekor gamai. Awesome. I'm Sean Miller. I'm originally from Garden City, Long Island. I moved to Palm Beach in 2012 because I had a daughter who has psoriatic rheumatoid arthritis. My brother and I started a title insurance company in 1999. I was working on Wall Street and I hated sitting in an office. He said, why don't you uh, come work for me? We'll, we'll do this, you'll travel a lot, play, play a lot of golf. <laughs> So that's pretty much what I do. I love and it. I travel the country and I came here just because I'm that, like him. I saw you on uh, social media like five months ago and was like, oh, this is amazing. So, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I'm Kayla Bears. I'm from, <clears throat> excuse me, Gilbert, Arizona. I own a real estate company. I've used social media to grow it from just myself to about 250 agents. And I, inspired by you, started a daily show 65 episodes ago. Good for you. So it's, How's it going? It's, it's going really, really well. Funny thing happens when you have the right strategy. Yes. What's, what, what people don't understand, this is why this is such a special time. I, this has only happened one other time in my career. And for all the homework I've done, it's happened when cable television started. It happened when the TV started. There are only certain moments. The only time there was a platform that could do the things we're hearing. I mean, think about what we're listening to right now. This is like crazy shit. Like this is, I don't know if people have wrapped their head around this. Only Google AdWords in 2000, 2003 had the power of what's happening right now to actually change shit, not incrementally. Like really like forever. And that's just so cool. And it's just so real. And everybody says no. Which is why yes is so powerful. You know, it's just a very special time. Makes me so happy. It's cool. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Hind of Santa Cruz, California. and the founder of Life Aid Beverage. Um, we started in 2011, you know, launched very clean nutritional drinks uh, for different, very niche audiences. And uh, kind of floundered for the first year, tried to go more the traditional route. Like, Let's get into Walmart, 7-Eleven distribution. Uh, Joe <laughs> Polish told me to pick a single target market, so we saw our Fit Aid line was getting some good traction in CrossFit. We went deep in CrossFit, and now we dominate that niche, um, which has opened up a lot of doors. Which is a real niche. Yeah, so we're sold in... What is going on CrossFit? Now, so. It feels like, really just from living in life, it feels like... CrossFit itself, there's so many fitness trends, I guess, right? That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. and the nice thing is that's CrossFit being the trendsetter for functional fitness, which is now really infected the Everything. gyms of the world. Yeah. So it opened up doors for us. We were sold in 7,000 gyms, 10,000 accounts. It opened up Whole Foods, Sprouts, Vitamin Shop. And, and where are you with direct-to-consumer and Amazon? Um, we'll do about 12.5 million direct to consumer, 12.5 million brick and mortar this year. Last year we were about 80% online. This year it's closer to 50 50 because we're getting a lot of retail. It's good. Good for you, man. And what made you want to come? Uh, well, I mean, I've engaged on a personal level, like all my mentors, and I've been you know, following your stuff for a while, and I'm like, I've never met Gary. Like, he's the only one that I haven't met in person yet, so I just went on the website, <laughs> like, no easier way to meet someone than, than pay him a, a check right. and show up, so here I am. It's very cool. Nice to meet you. Hi, uh, I'm Phil Krakow. Um, so, I guess first things first, like I'm student first. I actually first met you, it was at the social media mix. 
this is back from, I guess, Thank You Economy came out. I had no idea who you were. I just kind of showed up. Um, and I just took in this garage with like swearing and everything else. <laughs> I thought it was really, I thought it was cool. It was, right? it was different. But I actually didn't rediscover you until like sort of like years later. Mm -hmm. um, so one of two things. Well, first, I'm a full-time student. And two, you're actually the inspiration behind me having aspirations between an angel and VC. So I actually started kind of going down that path. Almost like you with the wine spectator. Mm -hmm. Now in the process of trying to decipher all the stuff and just figuring out what there is. Figuring out what are the costs of like from forming like a fund. Like asking a lawyer, like what is it, like what's required of me? Like what kind of seed money? After like for those initial documents, then how much do I need to put like invest in first? Because they say I need skin in the game. Right before the other LPs will actually will come in. Yep. Um, so I'm still sort of stumbling in the dark and trying to figure that out because you know you call vets, various venture lawyers and like they're just like, well, I'm not gonna take you seriously, right? So I'm figuring out my way. Um, and like I love your stuff, right? So I also would like to eventually be able to kind of help entrepreneurs through a lot of the information that you're talking about. Um, stuff's fantastic. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Hi, my name's Jenny. I'm here with my sister and my brother. We are part of Naughty You're much, so much, you're much better sister. <laughs> it's a vegan Vietnamese pho noodles. Um, we wanted to create this um, vegan product that is an inspiration and ambition of my mother who owns a pho restaurant. And so we wanted to create something that you know people on the go could eat, people needing a light snack could your eat. Mother, your mother has a restaurant. Yeah, too and you guys decided to scale it instead of seven locations to do consumer package good. Got it. Well, yeah, you, I had your mother has smart kids. <laughs> smart mother. <laughs> Always. Yeah. So Go ahead. We're, our goal is to, to sell 10,000 units because we're brand new, we just launched this. Is year. that an arbitrary number you guys just decided felt right? Or is there some meaningful num no, reason behind? We have 10,000 units of noodles right now. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Best answer ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's how much we made. We prefer not to eat it. Understood? Exactly. We're trying to do that within 24 hours. So that's our goal. Interesting. When's it, when does that start? Uh, we're, so we're in the process of, we just ordered machinery for our oils and the spices. So as soon as that gets up and running in about three or four weeks, then we'll be ready to really. So you're thinking about what you have to do to create pent up demand to have a moment where you sell 10,000 units in 24 hours because you think that that is a headline or a data point that you can leverage to make something else happen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And the other, go ahead. And just oh. better to not have the stress of having any left over, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, go ahead. We brought some today so you can try it. Um, Thank you. Uh, we love it because it's something you can reuse. The cup is recyclable, reusable, dishwasher safe. How long have you guys been jamming on it? So I've been grinding uh, three years on it, and uh, yeah, because it feels mature. Yeah, you know, like really? that. Yeah, it feels mature. Yeah. I see a lot of CPG. Pro I'm, I'm obsessed yeah. with you know CPG products. That's why I have VaynerMedia. Yeah. I decided I'm going to buy Cheerios instead of start something. But yeah, this looks very mature. Like if you were going to say anything other under 18 months, I was going to like start asking questions of like, did you work at Kraft? Like this feels very mature, which is good. Okay. Awesome. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So Jimmy, um, founder of Naughty Noah's, uh, I brought my three team deep here. Um, was an immigrant, uh, born in Vietnam. Came over here when I was almost two. Mother was a hustler from day one. Uh, parents got divorced when I was five. Um, faced a lot of adversity, and then, you know, 
I got into sports. I was only number one at sports. Batman was my, my game. Mm. Became number one in like two months. That DNA advantage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I graduated high school, went into engineering because I thought that was a good thing. My <laughs> stepfather's an engineer and did that whole trek. And my second year, I came to my mother and said, I don't like this engineering shit. I want to do business, right? I've always wanted to do business. <laughs> and uh, she said, no, you got to stick it out and finish. So I finished. And then uh, came back from Europe, you know, traveled, came back and saw a whole new world. And mother says, hey, so what are you going to do? Find a job or what? I said, oh, I don't know what to do. She goes, well, why don't we open up our own real estate mortgage office? <laughs> so we did that for six years. And then I wanted to change. And right before she saw the market was going to crash, she said, hey, I'm going to go do something else. Uh, I'm going to go to culinary. And then in my first year, she, uh, she opened up her first, first family restaurant and uh, doing, you know, Vietnamese pho. And, uh, How so long ago was that? 2007. So good. Great, time. Was, Great uh, timing. You know, I was 180 pounds at the time. And after culinary school, I brought awareness to what I was eating. I dropped down to 150, been maintaining that for almost 10 years now. And uh, three years ago, um, I had a shift. And so I went to culinary school, right? And um, I saw something in the noodle space where, you know, ramen, you know, everybody has, has probably had it, you know, in college. So I said, well, why isn't anybody doing something better, disruptive in this space? So I grinded for three months, got a lot of pushback from, you know, from mom, everybody. And I just kept at it, kept at it, doing different iterations of the recipe, recipe, and then finally came with it. And then um, we launched that uh, Expo West, won Best Vegan Product uh, by Veg News, which is a huge thing, like totally unexpected. And then a month later, we went to Founder Made and I won the pitch competition there, I crushed it there. And then a month later, we're meeting Gary, and in between that, I did my first half Ironman and full Ironman two weeks apart. And uh, we're having a new baby uh, on the way, due in September. That's awesome. So what really inspired me is building legacy. Um, I know that's really important, and I, and I found out about you, Gary, a year ago when my brother had texted me this thing about awareness. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Who's this Gary guy, right? And then I went, I saw the video, and the next, like, the, that same night, I went to buy your book, and then I started following you, and then that, the two things that really stuck out with me was you being nice and building a company around that really hit me, and, um, and legacy was really important as well. And uh, one of the things that really shifted my kind of business mindset was it was at the 99U uh, uh, video, uh, video where you said, there's only two businesses in the world. It's the sales and transaction business or branding and marketing. I'm like, okay, branding and marketing, here we go. So that's it's a game changer when you understand that. It's long-term versus short-term. It's long-term versus short-term. But then you have to know yourself and your situation. If you have $800,000 in college debt, like I'm empathetic to why short term matters, right? Like, yeah, but if you can afford the marathon, it's always the game. Guys, I wrote a book called Crush It, as a lot of you, I assume all of you know. I wrote it nine years ago. It came out eight years ago. It spoke to personal brand and all this stuff, right? Every, this is literally the fifth, is I guess we're a month in, you know, I never had a mastermind. Like there was never a time I ever like. It took me, it took me seven, eight years to build a company that could then create a product that didn't work for the whole market. Wanted it, and I never sold it for seven and a half years. 
Because I didn't feel good about it. I didn't feel good about it. I don't know what to tell you. Like I just didn't think that the ROI would be there. Now I have, the Joe Whitmarsh thing is so much more valuable than people realize. I understand that I'm a headliner and it's valuable, and, right? But it's the subtle things that you won't forget. Like when you actually build a real big company and you remember the Joe Whitmarsh part and you're like, that's what I want my employees to act like or think like or care about me like. That's the shit that's gonna really build it. It's cool. Anyway, this is awesome. This is, a, this is my favorite group. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So why don't, we, why don't we get into some Q&A? Like, this is where you should get selfish, right? This is where you need to get selfish. Go very, very specific. Who, who wants to ask the first question? So with my situation, orthodontics, in my yeah. opinion, is dying. It's gone. Yeah. The traditional model, because of Smile Direct Club, is disappearing before yes, our eyes. Yes, correct. And I think the idea of what people used to do for years, which is build a bunch of practices, sell out to some PCs, and go become gentle dental or something, which is what everybody's trying to do now, is yep. sort of stupid and it's non-fulfilling for me. Understood. people just to make money is crap. Correct. So this other side thing that I've somehow developed is amazing and I want to be the guy in five years, 10 years, when kids are going into school, $500,000 in debt, somebody says to them, you gotta go listen to Krieger. I totally understand. He's gonna help them out. And, but I've got my foot with a partner in my ortho practice and I got patients and I have to keep my foot in that realm to maintain legitimacy for this other side. So, so do both. That's the challenge I face is, is just, it's not a challenge, you just have to accept it. Which I have so far. But, it's but you're so seduced by the new thing, the thing that's probably more true to you, that it's hard to eat the shit of the old thing. Amen. Yeah. I'm just, but I keep eating the shit. and I'm, I'm just it's keep, the right thing to do. And the stranger thing is it's three freaking months old. It's not like I worked in ground to this like 10 years like my orthopractic. My man, VaynerMedia is my shit. VaynerMedia is my shit. I'm eating shit. I don't want to have clients. I'm super rich. What the fuck am I doing with clients? I'm answering to people. Eating shit is important. It's, so what I'm trying to do for you, like my little play here, is never talk about it again. You know why you're doing it. I'm, list, I'm a good listener for all my interrupting in interviews. You said, I have to stay in it for the legitimacy and you're 100% right. So you know why you're doing it. So stop complaining about it to yourself. You make that switch, all of a sudden different shit happens. By the way, you don't think I think about it? Sure, once in a blue moon. Once every nine months, in my pocket and be like, all right, I'm eating shit, fuck. But if you let it happen every day, you're gonna undermine the whole thing. I don't mind it. The problem is being in two places, uh, right? That's the challenge is you always say do one thing and do it well. You are doing one thing. Okay. It's the engine. Got it. Got I've it? I've seen it from the wrong end. Yeah, you're, you're, you're look, you doing one thing. I'm doing one thing. In, um, being Gary Vee and being Gary Vaynerchuk is one thing. It yeah. seems like it's not. Got it? Yeah. You're doing one thing. Clear. Got it? Thanks. Yeah, that's the game. You are doing the right thing. It's so simple, but. It's so, it's so simple and it's so hard. Right, this, like that's it. Now all of a sudden, and I feel I actually believe you. So I'm like, whoa, fuck, this is all. Like this is where I get pumped, right? I'm like, this is boom. You know, like it switches. It's a and it's it and I believe you actually, which is it's really freaking so me out. And pff, you're gonna go fast it's now. Crazy, man. You're gonna go faster. Thanks, bro. You're welcome. It's cool though, right? No, I mean, it's like crazy. That's such a simple solution. 
but you, and it's not like I'm, I'm you know what it is? Old. You know what it is, it's bro? Like yeah, it's not that. It's like you're either, it's almost so that you could be born with it or not. It's like talent, it's Batman. It's not how old you are, how much experience. It's like, if you know that picture, I, I've been using this analogy, it makes sense. It looks like two people are kissing or does it look like a champagne flute, right? right? Like, that's what it is. You just need to, I from afar, listening for four seconds, can be like, no, no, bro, you are actually doing one thing and you're like, right, I am. Yeah. That's it. Totally cool. Thanks, bro. So that's what you should do. Already doing it. Yep. But now you're going to do it differently. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm buying into it. That's right. When it feels better because right now it's tearing you and if it goes cohesive, this is very easy shit for me to eat. Yeah, well, yeah. Because I know why I'm doing it. Because I like doing it. It's not shit. Especially, yeah, when it's A and A+. Plus. It's A. There's some people that are doing F and A. That really sucks. I did F. You're A and A, A plus, so you're golden. I, I built A plus because I was working in a corporate job doing orthodox I get it. business and I said, I gotta get out of this. I got it. I'm building that. I got it. And thanks to you. Thanks to yourself, man. Yeah. A lot of people see my shit. <laughs> you did something about it. Okay, yeah, you saved my life once with uh, the Google AdWords and, and now maybe- You want twice? Uh, maybe. I'm like, um, small. Uh, entrepreneur, um, join you in, in in London story, and you think um, I sold my two houses that we worked hard for, and I lived in tents to build this, and then now I'm in a big house. But I'm like, okay, I want to sell it again to pay you to to go in London and to follow you. So what? So, so what should we? Do what? you think can we can we make a lot of money? Because we 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 we're making now all our turnover in the Dutch part of speaking Belgium. And we can't even reach, with our know-how, French-talking people or English-talking people. Maybe my English is not so good, but uh, I mean, uh, you think your company down there can help us to, to, to sell well in the UK online or? I need to do more homework, and I think we'll, we'll like really dig into that, and we'll have a separate conversation with you. I don't know. Yeah, maybe yes, maybe I've no. I've seen that two days ago, the 101 that you're doing now, uh, you're starting, you said maybe I cannot say it, but. <laughs> so this has been so, you know, the great, thing about, the great thing about selling what you believe in is it always works. Like when you really believe in it, it changes that. The amount of people that sell shit they don't believe in is unlimited. It's almost the majority of the market, right? But when you do sell something you believe in, it becomes the jam. The res- I mean like, you know, again, I had a mental block. Joe, I know Joe, I've done so, you know, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna be that. I, I look down on that to be, you know, cause I don't look under, I don't judge anybody cause I don't really look under hood, but boy, I meet enough of them, I'm like, fuck that, right? Since this is a company thing, a VaynerMedia thing, yes, I'm in it, but you know, but it's going so well. Like, we've only, how long, what was, when was the first one? Uh, two, about six weeks ago. There's like four people from that fucking thing sending crazy ass emails, right? And then you think about like, hey, you've helped me, and I only watched something, so I'm like, okay, cool, this clearly works. But I'm like, there's something way, like, I'm like, I, you know, this works for what it's, price that for what it is. We started getting a lot, we started going through every, we had so much inbound because of me and it. And we realized it's getting people to start, right? So like, I want to call it launch 101. Like it's the three month version of this with the four things I would do if I became your 50-50 partner. And so I'm not done, I gotta feel great about taking $101,000. That's it, that's the game. That's my life. I have to feel great. I feel great about a book being $14. I don't even have courses. Udemy thing only happened because they bought books. You got, like at first it was books and then it expired, but those, 
we didn't we weren't careful enough with the contracts the rights to keep running it for a little longer. And I was like, fuck. You know, but yeah, gotta feel good about it. So I don't know, but we can dig into that. Okay. Yeah, but my intuition is yes. Okay. And because you can also translate. Yeah. You can't imagine how well it works. My shit is exploding in, in Mandarin. I'm exploding in Asia. You know? And some of the data shows me 85% of the people don't understand what I'm saying. It's just being translated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean they, they, don't, they don't understand English, but they surely can read. And so, you know, it doesn't feel as native to think that the reading could be as successful, but then you start realizing why America won with the prop. America's biggest weapon over the last 50 years was Hollywood. 100%. And all of that was done through translation, right? Got it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the insight. That's why I think the answer is probably, but I don't know enough about your business yet and we will not take it if we don't think we can help. Yeah. And any tip on that? You don't speak a lot about Amazon, so. I, I'm obsessed with Amazon. I don't speak a lot about it to, in public other than flipping stuff on it and things of that nature, but we do a lot of it here because we're, I mean, it's the marketplace of the internet, of the world. I mean, I'm a huge fan. I believe in Amazon arbitrage. I believe it is a platform. I prefer you go DTC because I don't want you to be at the mercy of Amazon. Um, but what yeah, direct to consumer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Direct to consumer. Okay. But Amazon's an amazing spark, but I'm always trying to cycle full control, yeah. right? So I love Facebook. They own it, but they don't because I'm winning the branding. Mm. I don't care about the data. Mm. I can lose my Facebook page tomorrow. I won. That's where people with about e- digital marketers get caught. They're like, oh, but you have to do email. And people don't want email as much. It still works, just not as good as 10 years ago. And that will happen to Facebook. But for now, right? Thank you very much. You're welcome. We'll keep jamming, my man. So, um, you know, in the home service business, and I both do marketing and advertising, a lot of traditional direct mail newspaper, mm-hmm. heavy and TV. And me too, by the way. Okay. That's how I built Wine Library more than people realize. Like it, it says that it was social media. It was a lot of traditional media and then digital. Okay. And um, so, you know, and I have this, because we're not, we're not in competing marketplaces, so I have a group of, of other business owners and mentors who I can really glean from. And I'm looking at my next $150,000 in spend for advertising. We spent about 1.4 a year right now. The next 150 is coming up. I've got a TV buy on the table. And um, I just I think I just need your confirmation that going all in on social. Can I can I give you a good piece of advice, please? One more time, because I want to be grounded. Yeah. Your business does what? Uh, home services. So your house, you, you have a plumbing repair problem. You call us up, we come out and fix it. Just that, or other things? Heating, cooling, plumbing, electrical. Do you have historical data that if you spent that hundred fifty thousand dollars on television, how much growth you should expect from that? Ish. 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 Right? Yeah. I'm gonna give you a really cool idea. Okay. When's the spend coming up? I mean, I've got the, the uh, offers on the table, I just gotta make a decision. And if you were to do it, when it would, would it? start when? Uh, June. And it would run for how long? Uh, rest of the year. I see, it's 150,000, it's 30,000, it's, um, what are we, six months? Like it's like yeah, $25,000 a month or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Don't do anything the first month. Okay. Tell me what happens. Don't spend the 25,000 the first month. Do nothing. On social or on TV? Correct. Okay. That's how useless I think it could be. Okay. I don't know your creative. 
I don't know your competitive landscape. I don't know certain things. Absolutely. Here's what I can tell you. Without knowing anything, $80,000 is going to garbage. Yeah. Bank. You might have a reputation enough where 100% of it's going to garbage. People aren't watching commercials, bro. Do you have a phone number call in there? We do. And what are you feeling? Uh, it's a branded number, so it's off. It's, all of our numbers are tracked, but television, it's got a number that our trucks have on it, that a number of different things have on it. Um, it is a book-in program, so only live TV, we're only buying news programming, so. Uh, I mean, I think I've done everything right from a buy. Have you done Facebook? I, I think we, we have gone in on it this year. I've got a videographer hired who I'm sending out in the trucks, creating content. I, I just don't think we're very good at it. Yeah, it's new, it's new, it's new, it's new. So I don't, it's just, it's been tough for us to gauge that. How much do you spend on Facebook, do you know? Roughly 5,000 a month since February. That's still good. I mean, like, based on what you're spending, it's not like you completely mailed it in, yeah. right? If you're spending 25,000 a month on the big thing, I'm impressed with the allocation you did for Facebook. That makes me happy. I think you're trying to make the commitment. Taking 20% and putting it there seems like, you know, some people are like, I spent 100 bucks, right? Yeah. So you're trying. But you're right, you can completely waste that. You can waste Facebook too. Like, there's a, you know what the ROI of a piano is? Well, for me, it's zero. But tonight, I'm gonna walk two avenues to go watch Billy Joel, and I think the ROI of the piano for him is somewhere in the range of $3 billion. <laughs> Everything works. Do you know how to do it, right? So, I can tell you that that's my intuitive nature on it. There's phone number ads on Facebook. People going through their feed, they just have to hit a button, no yeah. friction, I'm a fan. You're right about creating content. You obviously are paying attention to my spiel. One video, doing the right thing at the one thing. I would make videos, if you started a series, where are you based? Indianapolis. If you ran in the Indianapolis market against a net worth of 100, you know, people that could afford it or things of that nature, and you started a series of, once a week, of, that said, do not hire us. The whole series was why people should not hire you. And for 52 weeks a year, every year, you do how-to videos for people to self-fix shit that's actually quite simple, that actually didn't need you. Okay. You would change your business forever. Okay. Because you, have, you would have the ultimate trust of every consumer mm-hmm. in your market. Okay. Try it. Think about it because it's, it's a short-term ROI negative. In what, well, I mean, in Could our industry, like 49% of our calls, like we don't make money on. That's just the name of our game. They're small ticket items. You get in. Yeah. Great, scale that. Okay. Become the most trusted source. It's called Wine Library TV. I sat in front of my entire consumer base and told them not to buy wines I was selling. Okay. Trust. I see a fucking video where I was, I can't fix shit. I can't hang a fucking picture. But I'm like, oh, I'll watch, oh, it was just this switch, very cool. That's how you build a business. Okay. Good, thank you. You got it. Hey. Um, I, how would you get started in getting into the social media industry? Like I don't have any experience or. Are you gonna come and join this crew or are you gonna go and work for a company? Yes um, and yes. Yes and yes. So the, pl- so the current concept is you'll go work somewhere for a little bit and then come back home with the learnings. Yeah. I would try to figure out how to get a job at VaynerMedia. That's what I said. <laughs> That's what I said. They're all good. Um, that's the real answer. 
You just need to go to a place where you can siphon the IP. You want to work here? Yeah. Cool. Steve will take care of it. That's the ROI. You have to go somewhere where you actually learn it and actually do it. What you should be doing, when are you done with school? Um, next year. What you should be doing between now and then is using everything from a business mindset in addition to how you're using it as a human. So you should have a separate Snapchat account, a separate Instagram account, and just play, play. Make pretend. Create a fake brand, take one of the SKUs, buy a bunch of t-shirts on Alibaba, play. Doing. You can't read about, you know, like, it's the craft, right? You can't read about being an orthodox. You gotta eventually do it. You can't read about working out. You gotta eventually do it. There's nothing that Trump's doing. There's just nothing else. Even Vayner. You'll learn more between now and getting to Vayner than you're gonna learn at Vayner if you actually listen to my advice. Because I'm, I'm planning to, I'm going abroad in Japan next year. Love it. And I also wanna start vlogging and start getting YouTube. So do I'm it. Start, like, personal do it. Do it today. Like just film on your phone and post it on YouTube. And three people will watch. <laughs> you might be yeah, you might you might be off to the races. Do. Okay. There's nothing else. That's it, really, that's the answer. Like start post create a, you start wait a minute, you did this. You fucking did it for your dog. Yeah. So like you did it. That's why you believe in it. Like more of that. Either triple down on your dog brand, build on your brand, start another brand, like just, but you have to do, and all of them. Don't judge that Twitter is dead or Facebook doesn't count or it's not cool. You have to do everything. You have to understand everything. The reason I can make fun of print and direct mail and TV is because I ran it. You know? You can't tell me that this is not delicious if you never had it or if it is delicious. Like, food is so interesting to me. I literally think about business and marketing like I think about food. People have opinions of sea urchin without ever eating it. <laughs> I mean, I know what you think is gonna happen. Like the amount of people that I've turned on to uni and oysters in the last decade. <laughs> Scalable. You know, it's just, like, it's just like two things I love that like everybody thinks they aren't gonna love and 70% don't, but 30% it becomes their favorite food on earth. I think so. Hundred percent. So do. Cool. More, but on everything and more. I don't know if mine really. Uh, Whatever it is, it is. Yeah. So I'm try. I travel a ton. It's a lot of entertainment golf. And I need a younger guy. I mean, I'm 44. I need a younger guy to now take my role, pretty much in New York and do what I'm doing. And I just can't trust anyone because it's me and my brother we have 27 people who work for us but i just can't seem to find the the guy who i can trust i had a younger you know a guy i went to school with and then brought him in taught him the ropes and then next thing i know he started his own company and then he tells a different story to what happened and then you talk to the the people in the business and you say oh did you ever hear the real you know my version of the story so then i'm kind of, um, I would say, worry of anyone else unless they're very close to me to say, you know, come in. And I know that, you know, it's you and your brothers and everyone else you've hired, but it's just something, I don't know how I get to it. get to that. 
this, this is, I mean, you know what's so crazy? I think this is way more my strength than some of the tactical stuff. Couple things. You can't stop seeking love after being heartbroken. It's the worst move of all time. Otherwise we'd all been fucked, right? So, that shit's just gonna happen. And I know it's painful. I've lived it. I married my best friend from kindergarten, so. Which is amazing, <laughs> first of all. Uh, that's fucking awesome. You may need to vlog just about that. Um, so look, I think you're playing, de- honestly you're playing defense and you know yeah. it. I know you know it. So look, yeah. that fucking sucks and there's, I mean, it hurts. And I've seen a lot of versions of it. It hurts, man. Yeah. Because I can even tell by your demeanor in five seconds, you didn't hedge. You poured everything into the sure. kid. Tough luck. Do it again. Got it. It's gonna work out. Every day I do that. This is the story of me and my dad. I give trust, I'm an optimist, and I go, and he doesn't. And it's just offense and defense, that's all. Now, you started off with offense, and, you know, and then you got, cre- you got pushed into defense off of pain. The business world doesn't care, you know that. That's why you guys are successful. It's emotional, it sucks. It could happen again. Hopefully it won't. Right. You just keep trying. Got it. Yeah, it's really, it's all you got, right? Nah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You've let that event put you into a defense. The best way to fuck that dude is to go on the offense. Not to let it simmer in your head. Yeah, but then, then they come back to you, the guys that are com- the other people in the industry and say, oh, well, look at you, you're a bitter fuck. Well, well, if you are, then you are. But uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a bitter fuck. I come, I come back to him and you know, I act when I see him perfectly fine and then people realize over the years, oh. You know why? Because the truth is undefeated. Yeah. I think I just need to hear that. It is, brother. Yeah. That is what you need to, it's, by the way, it's the only way I survive. I'm so out there now. You know how much shit is being said about me? That's so just not true, and it hurts so bad. Yeah. You know? It's the worst. I don't know what to say. Yeah. And all, all I can do is just continue to do the right thing, right? Steve, right? I mean, like, think about the day you started here, people's opinions about me from the outside, your own opinions, your first year, your second year. I'd love to hear your perspective because I think it'd be, I'm I'm curious, actually. No, it's true. uh, I would say coming in, there was a, there was fear because I came from a a more traditional um, advertising agency. And there was a, uh, a resentment towards you because you were disrupting this thing that they had built around them. and resentment, let me just help everyone here because I think we all can understand this. Resentment manifests in an ugly way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I started doing a little bit of research uh, after we, so we, we met. Um, I had a great conversation. I immediately fell in love with him and the company and was like, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, but then I started to, and we've never talked about this, so I'm, I'm excited. I, I can see you're about to go somewhere. Online, and I was like, whoa, this guy online is very different than the guy I was just sitting in the office with. And this guy online is really out there and is kind of bigger than, you know, like, I don't know if I can deal with that every day. <laughs> uh, so I was like, what the fuck did I just do? 
but then coming into the office and talking to the people around you who've been here forever and seeing you walk through the office, it was just a very different. And like you said, like the, the like the truth is undefeated. There was no, even though like it looked and sounded like this other thing uh, to me initially, just by just by being. And remember, remember, Steve's DNA and structure is of an employee. A lot of people here are entrepreneurs. So, you know, you know, I'm very attractive to a certain trait and can be scary to the majority of traits. And then I'm scary to anybody who's playing. So I'm attractive to other entrepreneurs that don't have to compete with me. I'm scary to all people that are working type DNA because it's offense. And so that's 90% of the world, 95%. And then I'm the scariest of all if you actually compete with me as an entrepreneur. It's just not fun. Because I'm unbeatable because I'm playing forever. I don't want money. That means you're in trouble. I said something once, it stuck with me forever. He goes, look, the better boxer will always win unless he's fighting a more desperate boxer. That one's dangerous, because then some punch comes from a fucking angle that you have no fucking idea was coming. And that's how I think when you don't care about money and business, you're dangerous. The reason I can beat almost everybody is I know what's driving you. It's called money. So to me, it's not scary to risk that one month in the fucking prime month of June, fucking prime time. That's exactly what I want to risk. Let me taste it. It could be shit. I got time to, you have a stable enough bit, what? How bad can it really be? But the upside's enormous. When you feel no difference, you're like, fuck. Then you're off that drug. Got it? Yep. Same, you know? Truth is undefeated, my friend. You're a good guy. It's the same thing that bothers me. I've manifested over 20 years to get there. I really care about what people say about me. Way more than people realize. And then I don't give a fuck about what anybody says about me. Because somewhere along the line, I realized the truth was undefeated and I believed it and I lived it. And if I can get you there, you've won forever. Because if you're a good guy, you're a good guy, my man. He will lose. He's fabricating for his short-term needs. He might even be a good guy, but he was desperate and it manifested in a negative way. He needed something in the beginning, right? Yeah. So, some of the people that have done the meanest things to me ever are friends of mine. Because I'm empathetic to why they did the wrong thing. They were more desperate than me. And when I'm desperate, I go more noble, which is why I'll be all-time legacy. When most people go desperate, they do short-term dumb shit. Because it's just far more interesting. I mean, I said this the second time I'm gonna say it because I'm realizing, oh shit, that's what I'm actually doing. It's just far more interesting to be Gandhi than Warren Buffett. As long as the people closest know, right? And that makes it easy. And most of all, as long as you know. Best friends in high school. Tough though. It's real tough. It's real fucking tough. Then you go to same college. It's real tough, man. Lift together after school. Did you, did you notice that without you telling me any of that, I use the analogy of heartbreak? Yeah. I know. That's what it is. I know what it is. Yeah, it's like a friendship forever and then all of a sudden you just, it's a great psychology class. <laughs> it's all it is, yeah. is psychology, right? 
I get it, man. It's tough as, I, 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 listen, I'm once again really proud of my intuitive ability, right? It's heartbreak. I get it. I get it. But I'm telling you right now, that's why I use that analogy. Because if everybody stopped looking for love after a heartbreak, there'd be a lot of single people in the world. You know, you just gotta, gotta move. Gotta move. Right? And if he's a better gift of gab and painting a picture of the reality better than you because you don't want to go there, you'll still win. That game gets exposed every time. No, it did. Well, even better. Yeah. No, that, definitely, it definitely did, but. No shit. And then later on, but it took a while. Yep. Don't get wrong. Guess what? A lot of things can, you can trick people for. Communism took a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Sure, but if you're on defense, it takes longer. Yeah, I think I'm on defense though. You're on defense. Definitely, so hire another guy. You're on defense. Mm -hmm. The good news is you shouldn't be as emotional about anybody you hire at this point, so the heartbreak will be far less. Because a lot of people have, yeah. Well that's the other thing, it was funny, when I thought about this, we were like, what's the right number? Right, because that could be the, that, that, that could happen to them. Like, best friends, siblings, like shit happens. Like life is life. You know, everything seems right because, you, or, or can't because you're in that moment. It's just the problem is that moment doesn't last. You never know how something manifests, right? You know, like so much can happen. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm really passionate about the real estate industry changing. I think it's a, a dinosaur model. And I would love to hear your thoughts on how you think real estate could change. I think the biggest issue with real estate is the quality of the individuals in it is poor because they're chasing short-term money. So that is the macro. I hate the real estate agency, real estate world in the same way I hate the tech world right now. I don't really hate it. I hate what happens when the market's good because it's one of those three to four markets that attract lowest common denominator because it's at, the cost of entry is low and the financial upside is high in those micro moments when it's good. When D players, halfway losers that never sold anything in their life are making real money selling and flipping homes in 2006 and seven, I said to all my friends, I'm like, something bad's about to happen. And that's what's about to happen in tech BC startup, which we'll get to in a minute. The, the timing couldn't be worse and I wanna talk you through it. So I'm not investing. So, I got a real amazing macro answer for you. Fix that. You want real legacy? Talk about that. Go to the real punchline. The problem is so many people that are smart and know that don't do that because that's where all the money they're making is coming from. It's like a lot of the mastermind type shit that scares me, right? When it's good, it's good. But 98% of it is bottom feeding of kids, guys, girls that will never make it and that leader is just playing to the bottom percentage. Just math. That's why MLM and network marketing is bullshit. Just math. Just math. Like, I've got the history of it. I'll show you. Like, the people that start it, own it, and then that's it. Nobody makes money. Except for the people that have yachts, you know? Right, so, the system's broken. The, the game of real estate as a brand in America is broken. The same way startup venture capital it's the same way entrepreneurship's getting broken right now, which is why you guys have heard me loud about fake entrepreneurs. In my last two posts on Instagram, I'm getting even more, I think my, my, second last, my post last night was like, unfollow me right now. 
because I'm fucking here to suffocate all your bullshit. Right? <laughs> like, like, I'm just not gonna, I'm not showing you a picture of a gold watch. You will not see me with models and bottles. Like, there's, private jets are not like part of the equation here. Like, I'm not gonna have a baby fucking giraffe in my hand. <laughs> True, you're right. Listen, you're, you, know, you know what's funny? You're right. You're, you're right, but I have a good feeling. Let me ask you this. Yeah. I've been asked by Steve. Yes. It's, it's a theme that I keep hearing yes. in culture conversations. The North Star. What is your North Star? My funeral. Hundred fucking thousand percent. I am so pissed that I don't get to see my grandchildren freak the fuck out of how many people show up to this thing. I love journeys. I don't even want to buy the Jets. I just want to try to. I have a video that's super weird, it's like eight years old, and it's like, it's gonna be the worst day of my life. I'm gonna play it. It's gonna be this crazy day that all of you are gonna freak your shit. America's gonna freak, I'm gonna make, a, I'm gonna make the world care about me buying the Jets. And then when it's gonna happen, everybody's gonna go fucking crazy, and whatever TV or Facebook or video consumption platform of the time in 20 years is, I'm gonna play a video. And it's gonna say, world, this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> So that's what I think. I think somehow that's the most macro. My love of the chase, of the climb, of the truth, the ultimate is my death. I'll never be able to get there. I won't be able to see it. And that's why it's the most romantic thing for me. And it's really cool, like, right? Like, like on a real serious note, could you imagine impacting people enough that they, they like I think about whose funerals I go to and I don't and I'm blown away by whose I don't. And then I think about the ones that no matter what I will go to and it's fascinating, it's only value exchange. And then it makes you successful, right? Back to this, right? This is a lucrative business model, one day, 120, right? It's a good business. But it it makes so much sense why. It's like a life in the making, you know? because it's disproportionately valuable. Like I genuinely am like fucking curious as fuck of these, right? Like, or your job, like, I just fucking can win. I'm, I'm giving good advice, like I know this is right. And I also know somewhere along the way, something about the way I'm communicating is making it work. I don't know if it's because it's so fucking pure. Like, it's pure that I really mean it and I actually genuinely don't give a fuck if you do it. How can I? You want me to chase you home? Make sure you do it right. Well, and I think in that purity comes something that makes people believe it. So anyway, that's my North Star. I'm giving you a really big piece of advice. I know I'm right, it's a space I've spent a lot of time looking at because it has a lot of similarities to my tech world. If you are the person that can capture the energy of what I said, you can't imagine how life-changing that can be for you. The problem is you have to have enough talent to pull it off. Most people don't, which is why they settle into the easy money versus the hard money. But a lot of people are gonna get blown out in startup, in VC, in real estate, because that's what always happens. Just what always happens. Those are games that are built that way. So the trick is to get out, right? Your mom had real good intuition. She knows what the fuck she's doing. So she got the fuck out when she could taste it. That's why I'm the fuck out in investing. What about just getting out, waiting for it to crash, and then jump in and make your move? The number one move of all time. It's how you make real wealth. 
if you know what the fuck's about to happen, good shit happens. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, that's why I've made a lot of money on like Facebook stock, right? All my friends who were early employees in Facebook who should be, they sold their stock at $20 a share. It's 150. You know, when you're sitting on $10 million worth of Facebook stock and you sell it, but three years later it's worth 75, those are different economics. You know, like, mistake. So that's what I would think about. It's a big one for you. Like that's a real curveball for you. Like even, I just don't know what you do, but like I know that's a big one because it's a whole brain shift in the real estate market. Start helping people understand what's happening for real. Doing the right thing is always the right thing. Telling everybody the truth and then it happens means when it happens, all the economics go to you. I'm right about television commercials, my man. I could make a lot more money with VaynerMedia if I sold them. I'm gonna make a lot, lot, lot more in 36 months when the whole world knows how right I was. Long game. game. Give up on the fuck, and I don't know you, maybe you love all the fruits that come along with the short game. I just don't need shit. I don't need the watch, the car, the house, the vacation. And that's dangerous. You know, I've been uh, grinding pretty hard for since the inception of this thing, and it's been you know, bearing fruit and paying off. Yep. You know, Fifty-two flights last year alone. Um, I've got a wife and two kids. I, like it started, right? They're asking questions. Yeah. I'll be like seven minutes delayed. Okay. Um, cool. And if there's any informational stuff, like where do I live? Like not where do I live? But like if there's anything that. We'll just start going on. Yeah, but like information, I can't. You can't act as me. You could say Tyler. Like he's running late on one thing, it'll be right here, like here, but the information is his third book was called Jab to Jab Rehook, you know what I mean? We'll do this and I'll come back and we'll, okay? Um, I guess yeah, my, dude, the numbers are extremely awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's great, it's great. But my vision was always, and it, and it came with sacrifice, obviously, you know, I've got a wife and two kids. And, always, uh, everything's got a price. And a challenge, and I'm just getting to a point where I'm more comfortable with, with that. Accepting it or hacking to fix it? Well, I guess that's my question. So, mm-hmm. you know, my goal was like, okay, I took my first two week vacation of my life at, in December and took the kids to Thailand. And my whole vision of like my excuse for the grind was, well, I want to lay on the beach and drink, sip on Kronos, right? And I literally was on the beach in Thailand for like four minutes. Before I, you I were like. Let's do something. Like, I, I was like, holy shit, I'm so inaccurate about how I was thinking about this. Oh, like, dude, my wife and I went on a vacation once to Turks and Caicos, and I started drawing a business plan on the sand. <laughs> and she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing me. That's so what I'm doing. I just always assumed until fairly recently that you weren't married and you didn't have <laughs> Right, because I don't share my personal life. Right. Yeah, and well, and I'm like, and I work 18 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. So, how are you balancing that? Yeah, how are you by the decisions up front, by the conversations up front? Because I set up the game before I played it. I was there is no. And by the way, just because I told my wife how it was going to play play out doesn't mean that she needs to hold on to rules that she accepted and falling in love with me when she was 23 years old. It's just constant communication. Constant communication, right? And by the way, it doesn't always work out. 
Like I don't sit here blindly. The big curveball now is my kids are real, right? They're about to be eight and five, and they say shit. Like my daughter, like, didn't. But my my little guy's like, don't go to the business trip, daddy. I'm like, uh oh, what was that? I looked at Lizzie. I'm like, Misha didn't say that shit. She's like, good, deal with it. She loved it, of course. I'm like, fuck. You do the best you can. My big thing is I'm I'm not judging myself because I have real intent. I'm doing the best I can. Lot, you know, seven weeks vacation every weekend, trying to be real shut off, do my thing. You know, like it may or may not work. But the thing, the only thing you have to do first and foremost is to have real communication with your wife. And then, how old are your kids? My daughter Trinity's just turned thirteen. My son's eleven. Right, so they're really, really real. Yeah. They're gonna want more of your time. Um, and I actually think it's okay if you don't give it to them. I just genuinely believe that. I know that's not the politically correct answer. I just am also a product of it. Like life is life. Like to, for anybody to think there's one way, right? You know what's gonna happen in 20 years? The politically correct thing is gonna be to divide and conquer because they're gonna judge this generation and be like, oh no, we fucked it up. Mom and dad should not both be involved in everything. Divide and conquer actually worked like it did in the 30s to, and then you're gonna be like, fuck, but I did what you told. Listen to yourself. You guys watch yesterday's Ask Review with my dad? Anybody catch it? It's uh, gonna go up, it was live yesterday, it'll go up today, right? Watch it tonight. I didn't see that man the first 15 years of my life. Didn't see him. In the next four years I got to see him, he fucking yelled at me to bag ice for two bucks an hour. <laughs> for real. I love him with all my heart, you know? Like, you gotta know your kids, you gotta know your spouse, you gotta know yourself. But if you've realized Wait a minute, this isn't all to then just go drink coconut water and all the beat, like it's not about the yachts and stuff, it's just that you love the game, then you love the game. Because I promise you, if you're upset, nothing else is gonna work. Yeah, yeah. no, I love the game. I listen, <laughs> I know what it tastes like, I get it. You gotta figure out what's right for you, you know? Yeah. Do not listen to anybody, including me or anybody else. But you should listen to your partner and you're gonna have to make, you're gonna have to concede on certain things if that's what you want. What's scary is when you realize that the game is more important to you than anything, that's where it gets really fucked up, right? And for me, I want to integrate it into the game. I can't have them separate. I need to like sucker my kids into my shit. It's about finding, best marriages are the ones that have common interests. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta like the same shit, you know? Golf, what a home run that is. Boy, I'm not joking, it's because you brought it up, it's the top of mine. Couples that love golf in like their 50s, 60s, like it's literally like the couples that I genuinely, and this is small sample size, but it, it takes no, it's so much time. You know, you spend three, four, five, six, you know, whatever it is, you know, like, man, I literally am like, fuck. I, like literally, it crossed my mind of like, I need to get more serious about, I need to take up golf and I need to take Lizzie to take up golf because this is when we're in our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, this is like gonna hold like, common interest, man. It's not golf, it's not golf. It's the fact that they like spending time together. Yes, but, but creating a framework, to, like creating frameworks to force, I try to give you a framework and then when you do it, then you taste it. Common interests are very powerful amongst, your friends are your common interests. Common interests are way more powerful than people realize. It's one of the biggest reasons I'm trying to think about starting a business with my wife. Is she working here or no? No. Like I've always, I don't talk to her about business at all. Complete like, I'm such a 1954 dude, you know? Like it's old school. We're running it old school. 
divide and conquer, I bring nothing home, like, you know, like, it's all, I fucking don't want my fucking shit on anybody. I eat my shit, you know? She's giving me the air cover to do my thing, I'm gonna bring home fucking negativity, fuck that. You know what's fun about my advice? I only give advice after I've done something. Like, it's really fun to like eat your own dog food. You know, like, the reason I'm always comfortable is like, it's just shit I do. And then I test it, and then I see I'm right. So, a lot of the advice here I gave has a lot to do with like getting burned, into, you know? Yours is interesting because I may or may not be right, but I'm giving you my advice. I've stopped investing. I mean, fuck, right? Like, so, I mean, so much of the economics I've made in my life, like so much of me is that, and I've stopped doing it. And here's why. The, the supply and demand of venture capital, funds, and entrepreneurs is completely out of whack. Everybody's been seduced by the branding of the game. It sounds good. The math isn't good though. Like, almost every startup fails. Almost every VC and fund doesn't perform. So everybody knows about the things that worked, but there's not enough talk about the things that didn't work. And that's hard when it's a good market. This is a terrible market because so many people are in it. Like everybody is a startup founder. And an idea is valued at $4 million. Right, which is weird for people that have built different kinds of, like, you're, like an idea. If you're a 22-year-old kid in Toronto with an app idea, you want, he's gonna, she's gonna want your money at a $4 million valuation, maybe a three. On day one, zero revenue, I've got an app. Yeah. It's fun for some of the people that aren't in this. Just so you know, every single startup right now in tech is at three to $4 million in value on idea phase. That's it. So that was fine in 2006, seven, eight. You know why? The real fucking gangsters were in it because nobody believed in tech and they were just doing it. They were doing it because they believed we didn't have the windfall. Every kid that went to Penn, Harvard, Yale, McGill, they went to Bain, McKinsey, and Goldman Sachs. The real entrepreneurs that couldn't fucking breathe if they didn't do it and believed in tech were in the game. That's where you got Zucks from. That's where you got system, that's where you got them from. That's not what you have now. Now you have club promoters. And so, I'm not against it. It's real simple, I'll give you everything you need. You need to convince, so you've got money to give to a small startup if you have a fund. You, if you have a fund, you have the money to give to a startup, right? Which means, not you, I'm talking about in the game. Yes. If you have a fund, like when I had a $25 million fund a couple years ago, I had the 25 million and somebody smaller than me who had an idea wanted some of that money to build their thing. All I had to do was get somebody richer than me who happens to be the guy who built this entire $22 billion complex to give me the 25, actually he didn't. He just, I put up 12.5 million, he put up 12.5 million from the sale of a piece of my business. I did it because I want to buy the New York Jets, otherwise I would have never done it. So you gotta understand like really what I'm doing. But all you have to do, you can have fun tomorrow. If you walk in here right now and convince me to give you a million dollars and I'm your LP, like, and I'm gonna make 80% of the return and you're gonna make 20, you have a fund. There's nothing to think about. It's actually the simplest game. It's kind of like, you remember how his, simple his answer was? Like, just look yeah. at it. Here's how you build a fund. Go, commit, go talk to every single rich person in Toronto, have some of them give you money, and you have a fund. And then go spend it. And you make 2% commission as your salary against how much you ever you raise, 
and if the, if there's, you know, they get the first million dollars back if you have a million dollar fund, and then you get 20% of all the profit, and they get 80% of all the profit, and that's your fund. There's nothing else. And so anything you'll think about has to do nothing other than you have to do two things. You have to go raise money, so you have to sell yourself, because you have no background in it, so I just have to intuitively believe in you, which means nobody that's institutional is gonna give you money. The only people that's gonna give you money is you know, Joe Carter, or like, uh, uh, or, or, right? You know, like, like, so, you know, like Edwin Encarcion, like, you gotta go to Cleveland now, but he got a lot of money. Entrepreneur X, Entrepreneur Y, Entrepreneur Z, hustlers, intuitive, characters that look like me are gonna give you money. No, no family office that's gonna do discipline and this, you're not, not gonna win that game. You're gonna be too raw with no experience. Right. They're black and white. You need gray. Go find gray people, convince them why you know what the fuck you're talking about, get the money, and then go make great investments. There's really nothing else, man. When I give you that whole rant and the things that have been in your head, what's the first question that pops in mind? What's the first thing? Mm-hmm. I said I hope that was like the right question to ask you because like I synthesized like a bunch of questions I want to ask you, right? Go ahead, ask. Um, Something else then, or or the micro question underneath that. There was a micro question. Was Go ahead. Segway, right? Aside from like the VC world, yes. You talked about with business to business, right? Yeah. It was, it was a LinkedIn talk essentially, right? That when you're trying to um, connect with the person who's in the head of the business, right, or the person's in a position of a decision maker, right? You research them. Yes. Right? So if they like to talk about baseball, baseball, what the case may be, then you talk about baseball with them, right? Yes. Now I'm thinking, about, okay, you're talking about with a number of individuals, right? Like how deep do you necessarily go to be able to talk to them? I think, I think mine is always gonna be macro and I think you're taking it micro. So the theoretical thing is, you know, when, you wanna, when you're selling, you need to make a connection and that may happen three and a half hours into a, a golf, right? It's, it's hole 15 where you got the ROI, right? Yeah. Um, what I love about technology is hole 15 or the steak dinner was for him to collect a lot of context to then do something about it and make that connection. You can do that now. You guys know I like the Jets. You know a lot, like, so the connection can happen much quicker because the data's out there. Now, if the person's a winner, they're gonna smell you pandering to the data. I always know when somebody's trying to game me and be like, Gary, I'm a hard worker. And I can feel it as it's coming out of their mouth that they're gaming what I, I'm a hustler. They're gaming the data around me. And I can feel when it's not. That makes me good. But a lot of people aren't good. So like it could or it couldn't work. But it's a game of numbers, right? At the end of the day, you're trying to convince people or create confidence that you are the right thing to bet on. Yeah. There may be a, you would have, you have to understand, you come to me and tell me that you went to Harvard and you have a 4.4 and you like math, I don't give a fuck. Right. You come to me and told me you, you sold 47,000 blow pops in fourth grade, I'm interested. 98% of people want Harvard. You just have to know the audience you're talking to and then more importantly, you have to tell the truth. Because people have told me they sold blow pops and I do crazy things and like hit up friends they went to high school with and be like, did he sell blow pops? They're like, no! I'm like, cool. Because it's easy to say you sold blow pops. Yeah. It's different than if you actually sold them. Yeah. So you need to bet, first of all, you need to bet on your, like what do you think you're good at? Creatively, creative things, and then I'd say 
my own hustle might be able to kind of connect with people. Good. I think you you, you read me here in the moment about yeah. my idea because I, I know I don't have that background. Right? That's okay. I can't build that That's okay. Fun, right? And so, so do what I did, right? I never, ever, ever sell to the unsellable. So the number one strategy is you better go to fucking rich artists, not financial arbitrage machines that are black and white non-human. Mm. Got it? Yeah. Don't go to anything that looks real. You're just far more likely to get the money from Drake than you are from, you know, this family office. And uh, and by the way, 999 Drakes are going to say no. Mm. Good news about the game is just need one to say yes. That's right. And that's where people get caught up. They pander to what they think is the right thing to sell to, but it's not against their strength. And they've already lost. And so what that, right? And so what happens is then you get, you, you're saying it because you were trying to sell into things. And like, there were, in the early days, there were certain things that just weren't gonna buy you. So what you did is you went direct to consumer which created the leverage to get into things. That's what I do. I'm not selling anybody shit. I didn't sell you, I didn't fucking cook you and put up banner ads or blast you with email. I built brand and then you came to me when there was something to do. Reverse. Reverse, create the leverage and make it realistic. Make it realistic for the audience that you're like Yeah, don't go romantic of like, okay, right? Because I see you're also, like even just quick vibes, you're like going down the path of like collecting the data. You're going down the traditional path which you have no shot in. When you see like collecting the data. I feel like you're trying to figure out how to do this fund. Yeah. And when you do it technically, informationally, it's gonna point you to go to family offices and these kind of things that are all gonna say no. Right. I didn't even go to any. I went to a couple because a couple of friends were like, please go to this family office. I'm friends with them. And with all my background, they didn't want to give me money. They're like, have you, where, what? They're like, have you worked on Wall Street? And I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know? Yeah. Game over. Like, I, you know. They're like, why are you here? I'm like, because my friend asked me to be here. Like, I, I would like cut some of the meetings real fast. It was just a waste of time. Yeah. I knew it was a no before I started. And I, and I respected that. Yeah. I love when people get mad. Like, what are you mad about? Of course they're gonna say no. They have 8,000 beverages that come through every day that 99.9 of them fail. Yeah. The fuck are you gonna, fuck you. Always build it so they come, never the other way. Or set, if you're gonna go ask for money, go to people that will say yes. And the way you figure that out is have self-awareness of who you are. Can I do something? Of course. <laughs> I know it super well, man. It's very sweet. Thank you, my man. Thank you. I love this wine, too. Oh, it's the Cabernet Franc, the red. Go ahead. You, no, you go. I'll go last. Well, I started out, you know, I was in school, economics. And my mom opened her business. I helped her open her business, you know, and still going to school. And then I actually wanted to do optometry school. But I decided that wasn't the route for me. Even though I'm still passionate about it, it's not where my heart is at right now. And I'm in this with my brother uh, to build this brand, to build this, you know, philosophy around eating healthier food. Because we're all about eating healthier, living longer lives, you know, spending more time with everyone. Um, and how do we do that? And we wanted to bring this to the forefront 
this Vietnamese product to the forefront because not so many people know about it. And that's a little bit of what we're trying to do. So we're brand new and we're trying to be very different than everything else that's out there, just like everyone else is doing, but obviously. Um, but we wanted to come here to figure out how to do it the correct way from the beginning. From a marketing standpoint? Everything. Infrastructure, everything. I mean, look, if, you know, like, I think um, there's, I mean, that's a very macro question. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with the last answer, which is massively bet on your strengths. Massively. That's the answer to everybody. Like, and you guys have heard this if you've been watching my stuff. It's so black and white. You're just not gonna, there's too much natural talent in the world and there's too many people that figured out their natural talent that will never let you compete with people that have more natural talent than you in that thing where you're trying to close the shortcoming of that instead of you tripling down on whatever the fuck you got. It's like, you know, I have some like really attractive friends, both boys and girls, I'm like, you should milk that <laughs> to the end. Like, it's a funny thing, right? Like, cause when you have like, you know, like beautiful women that are friends of mine, like you have a chip because everybody doesn't think you're smart. And so you spend all your time trying to prove you're smart. Like it's just, it's what it is. And who are the people that we put on a pedestal? They're the ones that realized what they had and they went all the way in. So, you know, I think when you guys look at yourselves as a team, it'd be awesome for you to have the most honest conversation with each other around like what are our strengths and weaknesses? Let's divide and conquer. That's, we had that conversation. That's huge, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. That's already, that already gives me like intuitive like confidence. Um, let me give you some things that I are running through my mind. Hire super fast, fire super fast. It will be a major factor in your success. Do not get into the place where, you know, you've got the family dynamics. Do not get into the place where you overthink the hiring process. Overthink the firing process. So, like, that gets hard when you haven't done it. Right? Right? You gotta hire fast and you gotta fire fast and thoughtfully and kind, like to, to the best of your financial ability. As I've built bigger companies, I can do things like longer severances and things that make me feel good as a human. When I couldn't, you couldn't. You do as much as you can. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, we had a big reorg, motions got high. I'm like, do you want the whole thing to fall? Like, what do you think I'm doing here? Like, I'm not, you know, like, want the whole thing to go out of business? Like, you know, they're here? Okay, two, I, I, give me, yeah, give me five. You can get me five. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Hiring fast, firing fast, but respectful. The key to hire, Steve, you'll probably remember this. Uh, yeah, absolutely you will. Um, I was really upfront about what I cared about. I like spoke a lot about culture, like, I'm, cause I was empathetic. I'm like, Steve's been in this company for five and a half years. It's a cl- classic agency. He's been, you know, I, you know, it's been a theme of our relationship. Probably, it really struck me in our meeting, intuitively. I'm, I couldn't, another thing struck me and I'm right and wrong. But it was a theme that I always pounded him with. Even this whole process, like, it's about trust, it's about like conversation, but, but I was pretty upfront, like this is what matters. Like you, you're not gonna believe me. You're gonna think it's lip service that I care about the politics and the culture because everybody says that but then they don't really do it and you're, you've got an actual career. Kids, they don't know. Scooter doesn't know, you know? Steve knows. You guys, some of you, right? People that work in company. Iris doesn't know, Justin doesn't know. That's the biggest vulnerability at VaynerMedia. Young kids come in, they don't know how different this company is, they get that four year itch, they go somewhere else and I get an email three weeks later and they're like, ah, oh, fuck. And I'm like, fuck you, told you. <laughs> you know? 
Um, so that's a big one. Uh, I think you know you guys should talk a little bit. I think his, his like. So you're gonna go DTC? Yeah, we put like. We could go retail, but we we want that engagement. We want that. You should go D, if you can go DTC. You go yeah. DTC. That's what now. I think he did it right. Like you can get to a certain scale where at least right now. So what's really interesting, and this will make sense to you. Notice how like everybody who did what you did for a living ten years ago didn't go to DTC because you couldn't and you had to go retail. Notice how you went DTC, got some success, and now we're going to retail to accelerate. The third version, seven years from now, is DTC. Why share economics? Like if you can actually fully, if I told you, hey bro, you can actually get to the same 400 million in the same seven years and keep all the profit, you'd say, okay. Other than you want to build to sell, right? Other than if you want the accelerator, the EBITDA, to sell to Pepsi, to sell to Kraft. Other than that, you go DTC for as long as you can, because that market's coming to you, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, that's, a, I mean, look, I think owning the data, owning the CRM, doing what's right for them, it's all about content, it's all about you guys, your story, what you put out, it's all black and white, like, literally, the, like, the jab, 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 right hook, the stuff you're learning, like, it's all this, it's all this, it's do- documenting the, you know, doing B2B versions, you know how much he wishes he documented every day and had that video? I know. I said on day one you should be recording this, and oh my god, so many times over the years we're like, oh, there's so much good goodies in here. She's so right. Yeah. I wish I was doing Daily V with Wine Library. You know, fun it would be to be like, watch this, guys. So this is me in 1999, <laughs> saying Google, like verbatim the same thing I say about Facebook now, right? Instead of saying it, where great, maybe I've gotten to the point in my career where maybe people can trust it to some degree, but showing it. You know, fun it is to show Fat Gary in 2012 talking about Snapchat. You know, like that's real. You know how fun I'm talking a ton about Alexa skills. You know how fun it is in six years when every single person's gonna have an Alexa skill and do Alexa skills and like, you know, fun these videos are gonna look. He's like, people are like, he fucking said that in 2000. You know, documenting the journey as a B to B to C play. Let me say it slowly: a B to B to C play. Documenting your journey of like building, we're gonna build this thing, you're gonna watch us do it, is gonna lead to CNBC putting it on their website, which is gonna lead to a weird, got it? It's B to B to C. Got it? So it's interesting, it's not interesting at first because nobody gives a fuck about you or Noah. Who is Noah? I love it. <laughs> nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. Nobody, nobody gives a fuck. But, but what's really cool is that Business things give a fuck because we're looking for content. Inc's looking for an article. You know? Where do you live again? Houston. Right. The Houston fucking Chronicle is looking for an article. Yeah. Got it? Mm-hmm. So you do that and that leads to see. I mean look, again, this is what's so funny about this is I'm sitting talking. Look what I'm doing, not what I'm saying. I'm showing you guys the blueprint on a daily basis. It's how you all got here, right? Literally, literally, listen to everybody's story. Cam by cam, my man. So that's what this is, right? DTC, you know, you know, container by container. It's all the stuff you know. But like the right way is your right way with knowing that as much as you can care about zero economics for as long as possible, you will win. The only right way for a business to have a heartbeat is for it to not be driven by the wallet. 
working. Right, so <laughs> then you have to pay those sacrifices and have the patience and the belief. Not saying, you know, year in, you got a little going. Fuck, our friend just emailed us, Kraft is coming out with one, big, as big as, like, they're gonna fucking, they're not copying it off. We need to do it. And all of a sudden, you got into short-term behavior because of an outside force. Got it? Yeah. That's where you guys get caught. Yeah. You guys? Just stick yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets caught because they think their idea. I love this whole Instagram copying Snapchat thing. You know why? Everyone's like, because it's new for tech, everybody's making it out to be like, oh my God, this is terrible. I'm like, what the fuck do you think happens in the world? Ideas are not IP. You don't own that shit. Pepsi was allowed to make Pepsi. Like, you know how many medias there are? A quadrillion. I don't get to stop everybody from making a social media first agency just because I had the first play in it. We got our trademark in for FitAid one day before another company on the other side of the country submitted a trademark for the exact same name. Totally unrelated. And I can promise you, and when I, t- and when I tell you with, on my heart, you could have called it shit eight and you would have won, bro. <laughs> when I tell you the name has zero, now, the name may drive you, you know, like, it's fun when you name something after your child, there may be that bad day, two in the morning, something bad, spoiled shipment, you're fucked, you look at it and you're like, no, Noah, right? Like, sometimes the name can do something like that for you, but it's not the fucking name. It's not the idea, it's the execution. 4Ds isn't gonna work because I randomly thought of the idea during a meeting and then went on Facebook and Instagram Live. It's because we're executing. Thank you for that. That's the game, you know? What do you got? So um, we've borrowed money. Uh, Mother is better, that's 250,000. And we're not taking any salary. Yep. We want to deploy like the best way possible. How do we do that? Five minutes for sure. (laughs) <laughs> how do we, how do we deploy that in the best way possible? With the, the true, the true tried ways that you've implemented, like Wine Library. I think the couple things. I I think that you focus on nothing but what's in front of you, step by step. You made ten thousand of these. Yeah. Great. Sell ten thousand of them. How can I sell ten thousand in one? What's the one thing? I hate that. I hate that concept. Okay. Now that I'm getting to, notice how I didn't hate it before? Yeah. Actually, if you remember, if you rewind the film, I kind of liked it, yeah. now I hate it. Okay. Because, now, because now I'm hearing okay. things. Yeah. I'm hearing things like we borrowed money, we need to be smart about it. Yeah. We're like, I'm getting a sense of the long term of it. I like what I'm, I, I hate it because I love what I'm hearing. Yeah. You made it up. The fuck does it mean? No, really. No, really. You know what I mean? Now, 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 ready? I'm asking you for a reason because you're about to say something that maybe for you, there's like some that your whole, if you sat here and said, the reason I was great at Batman in my life was because I made pretend that I had to be winning seven to zero to win a match. Like if you teach me what drives you to do that, well then maybe I could be sold because I'm like, oh, that's his religion. But if it's not your religion, if it's some horse shit you just made up because you're an ideas man like me and I make up horse shit every minute, well then you have to debate it. Mm. So is it your religion or is it something you made up? No, it's my religion. It's like we, we got the 10,000 pot like noodles. Right now where we're at, we ordered machinery, right? And I'm listening. Possible. We spent 40,000 on ordering machinery to produce the spices and the oils. 
to sell the 10,000 units of noodles. Like, literally, right yeah, that's what's in front of us right now. But why 24 hours? I think there's a creative challenge that Nick and I talked about and he said, oh, maybe I could bring it to Gary and see what he says. That's cool, it sounds, Nick Dio? Yeah. Sounds like Nick Dio advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that it's wrong. Okay. Here's why. I'm scared that it's gonna make you do something that has no value. Without even realizing, not like you're gonna steal or, not just get into bad habits. Like, it just doesn't have any practical rationale to why it has to happen in 24 hours. I don't know. Unless, I, I could miss it. I, I just think Is it that, fun for you? Yeah, I think it's just really cool to see like what we could do in 24 hours and just kind of have a, a lift for the Challenge. brand. Like, hey, okay, well, cool, we did that. Now what's next? Yeah, I mean, listen, if you wanna like, this gets, be careful, and I'm, I'm making an assumption. Be careful to uh, mix business with personal achievements. I'm a little worried that the tri- triathlon, the 30 pound loss thing, is being deployed as a mentality against the business. You should think of your health in a macro, not a micro. And maybe you need the micros to get you to the macro. And so maybe you need the 10,000 to get you going. But I think borrowing the money and being on the record is more motivating, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think you've got a macro, I think you're already macro motivated. So now I think about on a micro level, how do you make sure you're doing something? I, I'd much rather learn something in selling the first 10,000 right. that I can deploy over the next 24 months. Nothing in trying to sell 24 hours worth is yeah. going to help you at a macro because yeah. it's not a reality. Yeah. That's not the reality of distribution. You know? I keep looking at him because he just lived it, right? Like, I don't see anything there you know, that makes. You gotta ma- how to sell one. You, know? you, gotta, you gotta start somewhere. So, what's the plan? What's the plan of selling it? Amazon, well, direct, yeah, okay, yeah, well, direct consumer, of, like right, what? So Amazon is, Amazon came to us and said, hey, we'd love, to be, we'd love for your product to be on our platform. Yep. We said, okay, uh, let's figure out how to do that after. I would definitely do that. Amazon and our website. Right? Yes. Yeah. And I would run Facebook ads and influencer marketing ads against both in a cohort and see what you taste. Okay. That's what I would spend my money on. Those two places, you have the ability to ship direct consumer, right? Uh, do you have a Shopify account you're gonna make or like what are you gonna do to create direct consumer? Awesome. Good, that's what I would do. I would, I would search hashtags on Instagram around Vietnamese culture and see if people are guilted out of romance and alliance. Like, you know, if you're a Jets fan, you can get me to do more things than if you're not. That's just real, I'm not joking by the way. I'm being really fucking serious with you right now. You know? I just believe that a lot of people have Vietnamese pride, right? That who have 7,000 followers and like, yeah, just send me a couple, I'll put it up because I want you to, I know subcultures, you know, they're cool. We feel aligned to our subcultures, whether that's race or gender or ethnicity or sports teams. It's tribal. Tribes help each other. Six out of 10 times instead of one out of 10 times, right? I would go hard on that. You know? Influencers are big. Influencers sell shit, guys. What else? I know you say you don't invest in more, but do you invest in scrappy startups? No, but it's funny, it's funny. Like, 
The one thing that is running through my mind is Phil and I, do you guys know what Y Combinator is? Yeah. YC? It's an incubator that became famous, very famous, where you'd come, you'd hang out in like a dorm environment and they would get 6% of your business. And you'd get resources of them bringing people in like me and things of that nature and you would meet each other. And they would have 10 or 11 at first, now they have tons, became a big business. I have been thinking about on an up and coming CPG brand to convince them to come in, somebody, two people, half the company, half not, to come and incubate right outside of me and give me between six and 49% of their company for me to be their energy partner against the brand. So the answer is no. And the answer is in the next couple months, it, as I formulate this, I'm going to take something that looks like this and ask them for 6% to 49% of the company, wherever I believe in them and the economics and where the company is, because it's high risk for me. It's time, it's the asset. I'm gonna be pulling away from me, um, which is the most valuable thing to me. It's much easier for me to write a $200,000 check. The money is much easier. It's gonna be me, my time, you know, like my team, what we do. And uh, so, maybe. I'm open to that. Okay, we can have that combo. Okay. But you'll have to have somebody here because you won't get the value, because I won't call you. Right, right. It, it, may ha- it may have to be something more serious than that. She, great, as long as you let her like really run shit too, not the social media girl. Yeah. Like it has to be like, it's the, like I want the business, like I'm too scared. If you give her autonomy, I'm not scared because I was a kid that came from zero and did damage. I'm not judging on that, I'm judging on power to make decisions. Thank you, brother. Yeah, Thank love you guys. You. I'll see you later, I'm sure, for a photo or something. Podcast listeners, I really appreciate you giving me your ear. I respect it. I appreciate it. You want to one-star this shit? Cool. But if you want to five-star it, even better.